Okay, as you can see, whiteboard behind me, because I'm going to use this again. Who was here last Sunday morning? Cool. If you weren't here, I'd really encourage you to go online, listen to last Sunday, because it's going to help bring clarity into this. But what we're looking about here is born again and living the born again life. We are to come into living this born again life out, not just say, I'm born of the Spirit, and then I just live the way I've always lived. It doesn't make sense. So we're born again for the purpose of living a born again life. And so we have to live in the operating system of a born again person, no longer live from the operating system than the person I was. And so I talked about Saul living from an operating system. When he became Paul, his operating system changed radically. Like, that's darkness, this is light. You don't bring that with you when you come here. It's a completely, completely and utterly different paradigm to live. It's like living on a different planet, and you've never arrived at that different planet before. Okay, that's how vast it is. It's not minor tweaking. It's not minor modification. It's not behavioral modification. Right, I'm going to try now be a good Christian. Okay, that's all fleshly. What we're talking about is something that none of us know of until we are born again. And then it's a continuous process of receiving revelation through the power of the Holy Spirit, not human learning. Okay? So it's so foreign to the flesh. It's so foreign to the way we operate. Because we think, oh, if I humanly learn, then I'm going to know about God, and that's why, you know, that's the process. But here's the challenge. The evidence of our lives will show you whether you're coming into truth or not. So our lives are to be the evidence of the truth. Yeah? So if we're, we will be able to live a certain kind of life if we are in God's truth. Because the Bible promises us this life. Which means we better have the operating system of that life. Otherwise, we'll wonder why we're accruing all this human learning, but still unable to live out what I read. I'm not in a joy that's, un- that's unexpressible. I'm not in a peace that surpasses my understanding. When things go wrong, I panic. When things go wrong, I start to fall apart. When things go wrong, when my lovely, nice little picture of life starts to crumble, I crumble with it. Why? Because my operating system is human learning, not revelation by the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do you receive God's word? Well, Paul said, I receive it through revelation. Jesus Christ said, on the revelation I build. So it's only on revelation. So the only way you can have knowledge of God is via revelation. Is that real clear? Because to be honest, I'm not, you know, like it's like we need to get what I'm saying through revelation. <laughs> this is the tension. It's simple, but it's deep. Because there is a life to be lived out, okay? And I want to give you the next two things which complete this picture. Um, and so the second point is divine outworking versus human accomplishment. Now the challenge in all what I'm about to give you is that they're so close And you look and you go, okay, human accomplishment, divine outworking. Now, I've got some props. 
because I learned from my wife that props are good. <laughs> so I got this certificate from Every Nation Leadership Institute that certified Greg Suna has completed a two-year course in biblical training and in recognition of this achievement is awarded this certificate of Christian ministry. Awesome! Pin it up on the wall. Looks good. Bit dusty. At the end of the day, that can mean absolutely nothing. That's what I'm trying to say. If all I've done is, through human learning and human accomplishment, got a bit of paper, put it in a nice frame, but did not come into the revelation of what was taught, all I have is a whole lot of information about God, but I'm not able to live like God. Does that make sense? Okay. But it looks good, and I know some stuff. Maybe, maybe not. Because the truth will set you free. The word sets you free. It brings you into another reality that I'm able to live now. So when I'm persecuted, I love. When I'm reviled, I don't revile back. I love back. I don't repeat what's coming at me. I demonstrate the opposite spirit. So if I'm hated, if I'm put down, I don't go, I'll get you back, I'll put you down, Chris. I love Chris. I model the opposite spirit than what Chris is operating to me. Does that make sense? Hence why, if I'm not in divine outworking through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can't live like that. You will see ugly come out. Seen it went, you You know, you've got an ugly there. He's waiting to come out. But if we are receiving the word of God through revelation by the power of the Holy Spirit, then ugly doesn't come out because ugly is being renewed and now you're living from the new person, no longer the old person. Because God doesn't see you as the old person anymore. He sees you as the new person. And he calls through revelation for you to live out the new person life, called the born-again life, the new created life. So we're able to live as the Bible says because we're in truth, and Jesus Christ is truth, and Jesus is love. And Jesus said, I'll set you free if you continue in love and my word. But if you attempt to try and get into all this through human learning, through academia and study and the Holy Spirit does not renew your mind then all you're doing is requiring information about God but you're not in the life of God and if you continue on that pathway the Bible says it will puff you up and you'll think you're in something but you won't and then you'll lord it over everybody and you'll tell everybody how good you are and if you're a leader you'll lead people into that reality so there's the blind leading the blind so you've got a whole lot of blind people, not in life, wondering in life, but they turn up Sunday, sing songs, give money, do all the things that good Christians do. But why is life hard and why is it a struggle? Because your operating system's wrong. You're operating from here, not here. It's common. This is not an uncommon. Do you know, where the, do you know what's more common in the church? That one. Than that one. Hence, God wants to teach us. Because he wants that one, not that one. Because he promises you a reality, doesn't he? If all his promises are yes and amen, then we need to come into what is already done. You don't try and make things happen. You live from what has already happened. When Jesus said, it is finished at the cross, it was but you see, our minds are back to front, so we don't understand that. So we're still trying to make things happen in our own strength, wondering why we don't come into it, because it's already happened. 
but you can't bring yourself into what has already happened. You need his power to bring you into that reality. Is that all clear? See, this is really simple, but it's so profoundly deep. And for us to come into it, we need to get on our knees. And we need to start praying. And we need to come with a spirit of humility, not pride. We need to be on your face, asking, seeking, and knocking like you never have before, if you want what I'm talking about today. If you don't, that's fine. He still will love you. And he'll wait for you until the day you choose to, if you ever do. Because there is a full life, guys, that he died for you to receive. But you'll only receive it if your operating system, number one, is through the revelation of the word of God by his power, which I cannot bring myself into. How many of you saved yourself in this room? How many of you have justified yourself? How many of you have made yourself perfect before Jesus? Anybody? So why do you think you can come to know God without God? You can't save yourself. Why do you think you can come to know God without God? Why do you think you can apply human learning if you can't get in through human learning? (laughs) It's common sense. But we do. Do you know why? Because we come as adults, not children. When you're born again, you're supposed to be a little toddler. Because aren't little people little? Aren't they little? They're tiny, aren't they? My little girls were 7 pounds 7 and 8 pounds 8. They were tiny, didn't speak too much, looked up. You see, when you start with God, you're supposed to be a baby. But the problem is we come with all this human learning and humans come and we think God's getting something when he got me. See, we come with all that knowledge, all that learning, all that operating system into the kingdom and then we try and apply it and we wonder why it's not working. Anyone hearing me today? And it's because our operating system is wrong. It's a default. It's from the kingdom of darkness. So you enter as a baby knowing nothing outside of what he's revealed to you as you come in. Now, for me, I had a powerful coming in through the revelation of God. I knew nothing had a revelation, and the revelation measure, let's say, was this much. So I come in, never reading the Word of God, know nothing, and have knowledge. Why? Because God brought me in through a powerful revelation where He revealed in me, to me, the Son, who I am in the Son, my sin, a whole lot of things. So I start with this revelation of the Word, not because I'm trying to learn God, I wasn't interested in God. I certainly try and fix my problems because I had a problem with God that fixed my problems with Him through this. And that's how you start. And even though you come like you still come as a baby, because you go, well, a baby knows nothing. It knows some things intuitively, but really it needs to grow and learn, doesn't it? So how have you grown and learned? Because once again, Jesus said, flesh and blood does not reveal who I am to you. I do. Not Greg. Jesus. Let's go to Scripture. I want to give you some Scriptures for this. So come with me to Philippians 1 verse 6. Are our minds spinning a little bit? (laughs) It's good if they are. Because Jesus said this, Do not think I came to bring peace. That's right, Warren. I came not to bring peace, but to bring a sword. In fact, I came to divide families. What? Thought you were the God of freedom. Thought you were the guy that loved mums and dads and kids. I thought you were the one that said, come to me. Yeah, he did. 
Can you hear what he's saying? Because he came to divide. He came looking for a people of spirit, not flesh and blood. And we have to be prepared to allow the truth to enter into us, to change our mindsets. Otherwise, we will live not in truth, but in our own version. It's called another gospel. So you'll think you're in the gospel, but it's another gospel. That's why you won't have life. And he said, you so easily accept this other gospel, you Galatians, because you're going back under circumcision. You're going back under the law, and you so easily accept it. Why? Because it sounds like they had a reference for it because it was what it was before, but it's no longer. You've heard this, but I say this today. And so you are hoodwinked because you don't know the truth, and so you go back under something thinking you're expecting life, and all you're doing is living out a false reality, and you don't have the life that the Bible speaks of, so you can't live it out. And Jesus is looking for transform people that like look like Christ, that live like Christ on the earth, not people that are circumcised or not. It's another gospel, but you don't realize it because the other gospel sounds like the real one. That's why it's a hoodwink. It's not as obvious. See, Satan's not this pitchfork guy with red with a horn that lives on Manchester United's badge. That's why you don't follow Man United. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> what does he say? He's like the angel of light. I am the light of the world. I'm like the angel. It's, he comes like a lion. Who's the lion of Judah? You see, if you are coming in, trying to come in through human learning, human accomplishment, you're in another gospel. I'm sorry to tell you, but you're in another gospel. I'm here to tell you so you can stop. Why, Greg? Because the evidence of our changed life is the evidence of the operating system you're in. If you're not changing, guys, we're to be the people to change. So there's something wrong. If you're not experiencing more of his love, more grace, more truth, more of his word, more freedom, if we're still battling with the same things, then we're not in his operating system because Jesus said, I come to heal the broken heart. Not sort of, not maybe. Now, I'm not saying you have to have it overnight. It's a process. But from the day you gave your life to where you are now, can you give significant testimonies of the change of Jesus Christ? Can you go, I was like this, now I'm like this. I was like this. You may have some things that he's working on because for whatever reason, parenting badly, wrong situation, other people abusing you, there's some things and some deep things that working on, I get that, but can you give an account of testimonies? Not just, yeah, Jesus came to my life in 1997, and so what? No, he set me free from this, this, and he's brought this life, and I live, and I'm able to love like Jesus. I'm able to love it when I'm reviled against. I'm able to love it when people spit on me. I'm able to love it when they revile, when they say bad things, when they lie, when they put your name in mud. And I'm able to love. I'm here when no one else is here. I'm passionately devoted to the kingdom and the body of Christ and God, so I come when there's a, prayer for, there's a call for prayer. Because why? Because I'm in the life of Jesus. And when you're in the life of Jesus, it's just a normal activation. So we don't come because of a flesh, because I'm supposed to. You come because the revelation through the power of the word and a divine outworking has grabbed you, got your heart and your mind, and you're catapulted just into presence, into his love. Because you're so in love.
So let's look at these scriptures in Philippians 1 verses 6. For I am confident of this very thing, that he, God, who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ. Where is the work happening? In us. Yes? So there's a work happening in you. Jesus said, guys, you polish the outside of the cup, but the inside is black. That's why you're trying to kill me, because your inside's black. I want to get right in there and start polishing through the power of my Holy Spirit, through revelation, the inside, to bring you into a reality so you wouldn't nail me to the cross, you'd actually understand who I am. Isn't that what he said? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. In fact, if they knew who he was, they wouldn't have killed him. So the reason we act the way we act is because we don't know who we are yet. Why? Because our learning system is still human learning, human accomplishment. It hasn't yet died, and we're now long living from revelation, which we can't do. Yes, I can't reveal God to Paul. Paul can't reveal it, and I can't even reveal it to myself. Can you see how helpless we are? Can you see how dependent we need to be? That I cannot teach me. Oh, I don't like that. I'm a real intelligent person. Oh, by the way, didn't I tell you? Because I got my certificate in Bible study. Did you not see it? That's why I brought it. Just so you know. Got some other medals here. They're not mine. Couldn't find mine. Not that I ever surfed, but I had little balls on them. All right. So the work's done within us here. And he will perfect it until the day of Christ. So God wants to do this work. What did Jesus say? Be perfect like my heavenly father is perfect. Go look at the content around that. It's being able to love like him. Okay? So it's a work. Work out your salvation. But not through your ability, through my ability. Because it's the father I'm confident. I'm confident, Paul says. Paul had come into the right operating system. I'm confident of this very thing that he will begin, he who began a good work in you will perfect it. Okay, what about Philippians 2.13? Just before this is work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Not work out your justified state, because we agree none of us can do that. And we can't, without God, enter into this process of salvation, sanctification, where God wants to do a work over time to prepare us for his return. So he gives us his spirit, he gives us his word, he gives us one another, and very self, and says, right, here's the process, guys. So then he says this, listen to this. For it is God who is at work, where again? In you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So once again, it's not Greg is at work in you or Danielle is at work in you or you're in work in yourself. It's for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So Jesus said this, I build my church. This is what he's talking about, just said differently. So Jesus is the builder of his church and he wants to do that building within you. So are you being built? Because if you're being built, you overcome the gates of Hades. Is your flesh still dominating you? 
Are you like a puppet on the string that the enemy grabs and goes, watch this. So you spend most of your life in turmoil chasing your own tail because you're like a bobbin on a string getting wound up and wound up because your operating system is human learning and human accomplishment, not revelation through the power of his word and divine outworking. Guys, you, we've got to get this. Okay? This is as serious as serious can be. This is death and life stuff, what I'm preaching. This is not, oh yeah, another good message. This should be apprehending you by here and here, and you're going, if you're over here going, man, I need to do some serious on my face repenting right now because I'm going to miss out on the life that Jesus died for me to have if I don't. It's not that you're a bad person. It's not that you're horrible. That's what your flesh will tell you. Do not hear that. You're not bad. You're his child. You're his son. But as a son, if you don't listen and be disciplined by the Lord out of love and hear this, you will stay as you already are. And if you do the same thing, expecting the other role, it's called insanity. And Jesus didn't die for the church to live an insane life. He died for the church, the people who are insane to become same. Okay? And Scripture is telling us, and Paul is screaming because Paul was learning from all over here. This was Saul. This is now Paul. So he said, imitate me, not Saul. Yes? Imitate this side, not this side. I know you were all on this side like me. The power, revelation brought me over here. It grabbed me and went, boom. I didn't figure it out. I was going to kill people, he says. I was living from this operating system, destroying the church. The man couldn't have been so far back to front than anybody. That's why he's the greatest example, because he was so back to front. Thinking. Do not think. Thinking. He was right. Because he had his certificate in the law. It was from the ministry of Gamaliel. For I studied under Judaism. I was going past my counterparts. I was the young man, but the real man going past all these people. Why? Because I was educated under man. Are you? Serious, eh? But know this, you're a son. No fear in Christ. No condemnation in Jesus. None. There is a telling off now and again. My dad told me off because he loved me. My dad came and disciplined me because he loved me, because he wanted the best for me. The father's the same. The eldership here is the same. We're going through this together. We grapple. We wrestle. We pray. We bring forth, and then we ask God to reveal. So we're modeling that, not that, because we've been apprehended from that. Amen? All right, let's come to Philippians 4. It's all good. It's in Philippians. One book, just different chapter. Philippians 4, 13. This is one that we love to quote, and then we run off in our own strength. Sounds amazing. I can do all things. And we go, yeah. Woo. And then we're off. Right, I'm going to Cambodia. I can do all things. 
I just forgot to read the second part of what is written down, which says this, through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me by his power, by his word, not through my ability to learn God, study God, be educated by God in the sense of me learning, me trying to understand God, be educated by myself, by the power of the revelation through receiving, through the divine outworking, through the strength that God gave me when I was baptized into the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came in the Holy Spirit and power. He said, I promise you, do not leave that city until you are clothed from on high with power, which is the promise from above. Why? So you're able to live out the life I'm calling you to. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hated. You're going to be reviled. You're going to be so different. Some will love you. Some will hate you. Some will spit at you while some give you a hug. Now, do you think the other side of the fence of people hate you, that don't like what you say, they're repulsed by your belief system, they think you're a bigot, they think that you're narrow-minded, they think that you are so dogmatic in your approach, go away, what have you got to offer me? Do you think that you can love them if you're in that operating system? Human, no. At best, you'll walk away before you knock someone's block off, probably. Or at least just revile back of what's coming at you. You see, Paul said, I strive. I thought we didn't strive. No, you strive. You work hard. You live out. I strive according to the power that works within me, which is his. Why? Because I came in the right way now. So I have the operating system of a son. So now I have the power outworking. I've been strengthened. So I'm working my life. The man couldn't have gone to all the nations he did. He couldn't have gone through being smashed from pillar to pope, being shipwrecked to stand up for God if he didn't have the power of God working in him. Well, neither can you. You probably won't get out the very first doorstep about thinking of yourself. It'll be all about you. How can you ever think about someone else when you're still in you? Because you live from lack. Well, that means I'm not going to get. You see it in our children. I see it in my own relationship. Well, there's only one chocolate biscuit. <laughs> and there's two of us. You watch it and the kids. And the... If I give you... <laughs> it's gone. Why? Because there's not an operating system, there's not yet life that enables to go, you have it. I give it to you first. I'll go without. Maybe never get, maybe what I don't know is coming around the corner, mum just walked in <laughs> with a whole box for me. But I don't know that because I need faith to believe that. And because I'm not in the life, I ate the biscuit. Anyone relate? So you and I are called to the most highest calling. And without the right operating system, we will never, ever get anywhere near it because it will cost you your very life. Now, if we can't even put the basics down, like think of other people before you think of yourself, be part of a community, not what you can get out of it, but what you can give to it. Come along so you can serve, not get. 
See, they're the two hearts operating. One selfish, one selfless. The selfish one will have come in here. This is where the selfish people live. The selfless people live here. Why? Because not because they're bad people. It's not that, well, I'm selfless and you're selfish. It's because I can, because of the operating system that I'm operating by, enables and empowers me not to think of myself anymore. It's just a natural way of living. It sounds like Christ. Well, it is. Because I'm a son of Christ who's operating under the operating system of Christ. And I've been apprehended and arrested from that system. Okay, let's go to uh, Colossians 1.29. Just want to really make a point. Oh, it's the scripture I just read. I forgot about it. 129, for this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. All right. So that's one side. Let's whip to Genesis 11. And you need to be able to hear that I'm not saying that if we're fully in this side, and we'll give you the third one, we will, through us, God will accomplish stuff. It's not that you just sit there singing Kumbaya songs. Oh, I'm so in love in my cave. It's all good, me and you, Jesus. This system will have you living out an active part of a body. This system will have you laying your life down. This system will have you declaring God to the lost. It'll have you loving your brothers and sisters, serving your brothers and sisters. It'll have you doing what the Bible says. It'll have you going to Cambodia. So please hear me. There is function that comes from what I'm talking about. And this is where you need to hear it because we get mixed up because we think human accomplishment. Yeah, but it's us, yeah. But the operating system that you can't see which one's operating? Because you can get two people that look exactly the same, doing exactly the same things, and they're so far apart on the inside, it's not funny. Because you can try and manufacture Christianity in your own strength. You can try and whip it up. If I pray hard enough, if I believe hard enough, if I try hard enough, no, you have to see what's already happened. It's restful. So you have to see in the Spirit, because why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to bring you into it. Because you can't. And so it is written, and there's a reality. You're some. You're mine. You're an heir. If you live for me, you will sit with me on my throne. You can't whip that stuff up. The only way you come into it, so it changes you to see what's already written and done, is the power of God. Here's the reason why. If God gave you and I that ability, we'd be God. Just think about it. Think about your state today. Think about how you're living, maybe, maybe not. And think, whoa, if I could actually teach myself without God, what would I do with that? If I had the potential to teach Chris, 
What would I do with it? I'm sure we'd all say this, oh, I won't deny you, Jesus. I'm sure we'd all say, oh, I, I, I'd, I'd be really good with that power. I'm sure we would, like Peter, I'm not denying you, I'm not denying you. So God's smarter than you and I. And God loves us more than we even love ourselves. And because he's smarter and wiser and he still knows we're in a fallen state, even though we've been made new, because from his perspective we're new, but we're working out our salvation, because you can still live from the lust of your eyes, lust of your flesh, the pride of life, yes? So he ain't going to give you that authority while you're in the state, because more likely than not, you'll kill yourself with it. And God loves you too much to allow yourself to kill yourself. Then you'll go to work on the people around you. And he loves them too much for you to do that. Why? Because he's the father that is our provider, our protector, and he helps us and we don't even know he's helping us. It just makes so much sense. I'd manipulate it. We're doing that now. We peddle the word of God for money. Come on. What would we do if we had power that could go, they'll all follow me. I'll have my own little movement. They'll follow me. No, we follow him. And these guys in Genesis 11, they were trying really hard. They were actually doing okay. Let's look. Genesis 11, verse 1. Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. It came about as they journeyed east, and they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. Now you've got to hear these words. They said to one another. Okay. Come let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. Let us make bricks. Who builds the church? Who builds the Tower of Babel? Who builds the church? How does he build the church? But they're about to build something in their own strength. And they can do it. It can look the same. It ain't the same at all. Let us make bricks and burn them. And they used bricks for stone and they used tar for mortar. Verse 4. They said again, Come let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven and let us make for ourselves a name. This is serious, man. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. <laughs> We've got to hold on here. We can do this. Otherwise, actually, some things that we perceive might be wrong are going to happen when it might be right because we're in control and we're not going to see what we want to build outworked. Why do we see slogans that say we can build the church? Why do we see slogans from the church that say, let us build the kingdom? We'll go back to Matthew 16. Who builds the church? So if he builds the church, why isn't it Jesus builds his church? Jesus builds the kingdom. See how subtle it is? It sounds good. And when you ask some questions and you get behind the operating system and you start to understand what sits behind the veneer, 
that's when you start to realize, whoa, wow, this is Babel building right here. It can be, it can be a slip of words. But there's operating systems that will try and do the same thing that you're looking at here. Come, let us build. Come, let us build. Come, let us build. We can, we can, we can. No, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. My role is not to build anything. My role is to surrender to being built and then support the building work that's happening in my brother's life. That's what the Bible actually teaches, that the church is to be a support to the truth. Think about that. Jesus said, I build my church. Okay, so let's just go through a series of questions. Who is the church? Do we look like a church that Jesus is building? We're getting there. Good. We're getting there. Okay? See, the answers are easy to say, but when you unpack the revelation and you really start looking at the right measuring stick, all of a sudden, we're all brought into a reality of humility. Like, oh. Okay, so Jesus said, I build my church. Who's the church? We are. Whose church is it? Okay, so we're the church and it's his church. So we're all his. We're not one another's firstly. We're brothers and sisters, but we all belong to him. So my children are actually my sisters in Christ. What? My wife's my sister in Christ. Now what? Now you're stretching it. Come on, do not think. Here by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we are the church. Jesus is the builder of the church. Sorry, it's his church. Yeah? Okay. How does Jesus build his church? So, what does it mean to be built? Think about it. If Chris is a builder, he builds houses, he lays a foundation, beautiful foundation. He then goes away to do another job. He never returns to that house that he started. It's just a foundation. By now there should be some walls, there should be some design, there should be a roof, there should be a house that looks like the blueprint that he had when he started. But there's nothing. All there is is a foundation. So when Jesus said, I build my church, how does he build and what did he mean? Because he's looking for a house. There's two houses. One's built on sand, one's built on the foundation. When the trials of life come, one falls over, one doesn't. So when he says, I build a house, how does Jesus build the house? He builds it by revelation, through divine outworking, not through human learning or human accomplishment. Why? So the house that's being built demonstrates the wisdom of God on the earth, that the manifold wisdom of God would come through the earth. So what we have to be asking ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to challenge us all is, are we on a journey where we're 
honestly receiving more building work going in so the foundation's gone down the the beams are going up the walls are going and i'm starting to form a house that's got a bit of strength and so people look and see a house they can receive from the house they can get shelter under the house they can get resource from the house why because the house has the life of christ in it because jesus is forming himself in us because he's building through revelation receiving by the power of his word divine outworking not through man's ability to build a tower, another house called Babel. Although it looks good and it looks the same, it's got all the bells and whistles, it's got all the lights, a whole lot of people go to it, so it looks good, but actually, at the end of the day, it's got no operating system, it's really got life, and I may have got hoodwinked because I was lust of the eyes, lust of the fish, couldn't see, it had all the glitter, but it looked great, but it wasn't. Not for the purpose of punishment, but for the purpose of growing us so we can actually live out the life he calls us to. We go on, make ourselves a name, otherwise we will be scattered abroad. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. So are we sons of men or sons of light? This requires interaction. You know where sons of men live from? Sons of light. Okay. The Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language. Another gospel. I want them to be one. One purpose. One people. One spirit. And this is what they began to do, and now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Come let us, yeah, let us. Who else is with him? The Son, Spirit of God. Let's go down and there confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth and they stopped building the city. You know this is going on right now. This isn't a story back 6,000 years ago. This is happening today. Right now as we speak, this is happening in this room, and this is happening. And God's looking going, I'm giving you the truth. And he's going to look and go, which one are you operating from? You see, I've got one more passage, actually. Isaiah 2 verse 8. I'm going to give you the scriptures so you can eat them. Isn't that what he said? Eat me and drink me, not read me. Their land has also been filled with idols. They worship the work of their hands, that which their fingers have made. See these things? These are actually kirks. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with being a great surfer, a New Zealand champion. Nothing wrong. It's awesome. Celebrate it. God has given him ability to surf and win trophies. Human accomplishment. Great. So I want you to hear. But they don't bring you into that. Now, the gifts on his life can help do this. He's created in the image of God. So there's nothing wrong with that. 
but it doesn't bring you into a divine life of food that you're eating. This, this ultimately is food that perishes. You live for this stuff, and it's great, but if you live for it, and it's at the center of your heart, and that's what you live for, your identity and your purpose is in it, you're living for food that's perishing, but there's nothing wrong with it if it's held rightly. Fill your boots, go for it, because your operating system is right. Okay? He won this cup. Awesome. Needs a polish, bro. <laughs> Never got to do that for Liverpool. It was only ever a dream. Nothing wrong with it. I had gold medals, football medals, little things with little guys, you know, player of the year stuff, all that sort of stuff. I lost them. I don't know. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with human accomplishment. But if you're trying to come in this way through understanding the Word of God, you're in trouble. And yet it's from Him. So once again, it's an operating system. That's why people get all screwed up. And they say, oh, oh, you can't watch football. You can't surf. You can't do anything because that's not of the Lord. Whatever. It's just the fact that your operating system be screwed up, so you're actually all about those things, and those things have become idols in your lives. So the very thing that's from God becomes an idol, because why? Because you're still sitting on the throne, because you're still trying to humanly learn, humanly accomplish, rather than divine outworking revelation. That's how you have an idol called a wife, or a child, or a business, or a sport. And Jesus said, you will not enter the kingdom of God if you're of idolatry which means you won't enter the reality because the kingdom of God is within you. You won't have the life within you because you have idols in your heart that need to come out. Before you can experience freedom in your heart and freely love me, your wife's on your throne. So you give your affection and your devotion to your wife, not to me. You've got an idol in your heart. It's that little girl you love. You love her more than you love me, so you've got an idol And you don't have the kingdom of God in you, Greg. Why? Because you're not free yet. Why? Because your identity and your purpose is in your child. And it ain't in me. And I don't share my glory with no one. So you have to figure out which life you want to live. But I will come and I will fill you with my word and I'll fill you with my power. So that little child or that wife will come out of your heart and I'll come in and you'll be seeking first the kingdom. And you probably may never done it before, but now you'll start doing it because you've been reordered. Why? Not because of my ability to human learn, not because of human accomplishment, but because I submitted and surrendered. (laughs) Oh, don't lose those words here. And I obeyed and I repositioned myself to receive because I knew I couldn't do it, but you told me you'd help and you'd come and fill me with your love. So I believe you, not me. And here I am and bang! Somewhere along the line, God sees a heart that's asking, seeking, knocking, that's humble, that's his. Connection comes and there's a reality. Who can relate to what I'm talking about? You don't even know it's happened. It was like, it wasn't like, it was like, more often than not, you actually live it out before you even realize it's happened. Because... He said what he says is true and it happens. But I've got to be surrendered even before I'm committed. Do you realize that? There's too many committed followers and not surrendered followers. So you're committed to him, but you're going to live it out your way. 
because you're committed. I'm going to lay my life down. I, 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 I. I just never seem to come into it, but I'm committed. Lord says, yeah, yeah, but you need to be surrendered before you're committed. See, he said, deny yourself before you ever come and follow me. There's too much following trying to be winning the world for Jesus, which he never asked us to do, but anyway, we still do it. Got me medals. I'm going to give you the last one. Living conviction mental agreement. Greg, are you saying there's something wrong with mentally agreeing with truth? No. I'm not saying it's wrong at all. Did Jesus die, rise again? Yes. Did he die for my sin? Yes. Awesome. How's that affecting the way you live? How's that changed you? Tell me how you've a different person. What, what priorities have shifted since that day? Because priorities shift, don't they? Choices get made that you would never have made before. Because once again, you're selfish and self-centered being. Yeah? Like me. I'm a selfish, self-centered, arrogant, egotistical man before Jesus. So if I just have mental agreement, that's still going to be who I am. I can say all those things. I believe in Jesus. I believe this. I believe, I believe a whole lot of stuff. I just don't live any of it. So I still live me. Why? Because I don't have a living conviction of truth which sets me free, changes me. I just have a whole lot of mental agreement of what is true, but I'm not in a revealed position of what is true because there's no, be no divine outworking that's happened, so I don't have a living conviction. So as much as I believe, which is good, I'm still not able to live. You see, the operating system, once again, this is so human. This is the world's wisdom. This is the wisdom of the world. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it cannot know the wisdom of God. Cannot know. But man, the church, you and I will give it a real good try. We'll flog the horse to death to make sure before we actually surrender. None of you I know. You know, God came at 19 and it took me 10 years to figure out what I needed right at the start. I had to flog to death the horse because there must be another way to realize at 29 that there wasn't, then surrendered. What a dummy. 10 years. Yes, part of my process, not wasted because at 29 I realized I can't do it. I'm just trying to help you now. But more often than not, man is man, and man needs to figure it out himself. Why do we do that? Do you know why? Because we're over here. And we still think we can. 
We still think we can build the Tower of Babel. We still think we can do it. We, we, I, I. And yet put your hand up if your operating system has brought you into this abundance of life that Jesus promises. Because that's the standard. Why? Because he loves you. That's the standard. The standard is not me. The standard isn't what I think, what I feel. The standard is God. And God's standard is very clear. It's simple. It's profound, but it's simple. So then it requires surrender. If you want to come into the simple, you've got to surrender and submit. Wow, horrible words, man. Eh? Not to the one that has. Because the one that has gone through what I call a sticky, has learnt from the ways of Jesus. Greg, you came with your baggage, with your burdens, with your sack, with your issues, with your insecurities, with your brokenness. Heavy laden. He said, son, I'll give you rest. But if you want to stay in rest, you've got to learn why you got heavy sack on your back hurts there's a reason why you came the way you came so you've got to learn from me otherwise you'll just continue to live as you and he didn't die for that and he certainly didn't rose again for that he came to bring us his people to be a holy consecrated spiritual priesthood set apart unto the Lord that would shine the glory of God into the earth, that would bring glory to his name. They were trying to bring glory to their name. It's so subtle. It's one word. It's a shift. But in the spirit, it's as far as apart as one side of the Grand Canyon to the other. It's just whether we can discern it and whether we know it's in us. Because here's the thing. If you can't recognize... So if you're over here, but you can't recognize you're there, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to you, but it's going to end in death. So you have to be able to recognize, and then you have to acknowledge. We don't want to do that, because that's weakness. No, it's not. It's wisdom. Paul had to go through it. I've realized coming in weakness is strength. Only when I'm weak am I strong. Then you have to repent. That word. You know what that just means really in the fullness? Is allow me to renew your mind to what I say is written. It's not this, oh Jesus, I'm sorry, here I am again, forgive me of looking at porn. Oh Jesus, forgive me for looking at porn. Oh Jesus, it's true repentance is having your old mind renewed to God. So I stay and live a life of repentance because he's died for me looking at porn if I was looking at porn. Didn't he? Doesn't he die for my sin? See, the problem's not sin. We've taught it's about sin. It's not you're died for sin. It's about salvation process being transformation. I died for your sin. It's dealt with, gone. Don't remember it. It's as far away. So get 
on board what's really about, which is sanctification, which is coming into the fullness of life. See how we've hoodwinked one another? We've hoodwinked ourselves, haven't we? It's like we're eating from the one tree. He said, eat all the trees. See the abundance of the Father? I'll finish with this. I just want to read this out. I was going to do this cool demonstration, but we've run out of time. There is a massive difference between human learning and reiterating God's word in speech compared to receiving a living conviction of God's word that brings you into a living dimension, the kingdom. Maybe this is why 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. I'm not saying words aren't important because they have meaning. That's why we get hoodwinked because we turn up with our presupposition of what we think it all means. We put a Greek mindset and we bring that to the party as opposed to coming with a revealed mindset. Because you can bring your Hebrew mindset and still not be in the mindset of Christ because they're still fleshly mindsets and yet Jesus was a Jew so we can understand things from a Jewish culture we can understand all these things but ultimately the mind of Christ is the spirit which is God which he's not part of our world he's come to save it he created it we messed it up he's redeeming it the mind of Christ is not the mind of a Greek or a Hebrew, it's the mind of Christ. And Christ is God. I really hope that helps. I really hope you will take it, eat it, drink it, eat it, drink it, meditate on it, then go back and eat it, drink it. Ask God. Be humble enough. Allow someone else to come to you. And say, I think because maybe I was there and now I'm here, I see patterns of who I was. Because you'll only know if you have a reference for it. You can see the pattern because you were living in the pattern. That's how I know how Jesus builds the church because I wasn't in the pattern. I didn't have a reference for it. He revealed his reference, which gave me the reference. Then everything started to shift here. It wasn't just a good idea, it was God. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. I knew the carnage that was going to happen. That has to be God. I'm keeping it just as is. No one gets offended. And you don't get killed. It's good. Fair enough, isn't it? <laughs> Father, I thank you. And I thank you that you're changing us. And I pray, Lord, that you would reveal our true state today, just where we are with our thinking. We're all sons that we've invited you in. And so, Lord, help us, reveal to us, show us. Maybe we need to reposition ourselves today to receive, maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time. But, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing here. You're building this church, and you're building her your way in your power in your outworking, in us, and then through us. And so, Father, I pray this week will be a powerful week as we leave.
and chew on you and drink of you in Jesus' name. Amen.